0: Hey, this is AJ, the leader of the Nation of Domination, and you're listening to the FFL Podcast on FFL TV+. AJ, are you playing Pokemon? You bet you're as I am. I'm playing it on my new Pal Kitty RGBT Max. Are you not playing Pokemon? No, um, I've always wanted to. That looks like some sort of sick Game Boy. Yeah, it's super sick. It's a souped up Game Boy, Nintendo Switch, Lite, whatever you want to call it. But I've got Pokemon Ash Gray on here and I'm having a fucking great time. That looks so fucking awesome, AJ. Where can I get a Pal kitty RGBT10 Max? It's simple. Just get your credit card and go to AliExpress.com backslash Korea slash pal dash kitty dash RGB10 underscore max. And don't forget to use my referral code FFL Plus. Wow. I'm gonna go do that.
1: I can't wait to play Pokemon on my souped-up Game Boy 2. Yeah! yeah! Game Boy! And welcome back. It's your host, Max, leader of the corporation. Thank you to uh, <laughs> our sponsor there for that brilliant uh, brilliant ad there. Um, but I'm super excited for today's show. I told you guys you'd be getting more content and uh, here we are, right back again. And I have the leader of the NWO Wolfpack back on with me, John Scarmano. John? We're back. We're back. We're back it, baby. Wasn't, it wasn't long, baby, but we're back. Um, the league's heating up, Max. The league is heating yeah. up. The league is absolutely heating up. And, uh, you know, one of the things that has, I think, gotten the league. Uh, on this path of heating up, as you say, has been the the debut of the Darce Knights, man. The Darce Knights, last time we were talking, uh, they're preparing their, their draft board for the expansion draft. Uh, and since then, they've, they've picked their team uh, and they've made a debut, not just in the octagon, but in the booth. And I know that you were present for both of those. Such a great moment. Uh, ex- super exciting to
2: to have Christian join the ffl and the darce knights and uh already some exciting fights that we've gotten to see from him and his fight team um and yeah having him in the booth for uh for an incredible fight that we witnessed earlier today um robbie ruthless robbie lawler versus tony ferguson and uh christian is absolutely living up to the hype it's been awesome to have him and uh, i'm looking forward max to the evolution that this brings forward to the ffl and uh fight styles because we're already seeing a lot out of the Dar knights that's i know i know in my mind as the leader of the wolf pack i'm already thinking about some things uh in watching some of his fights so far so all all super exciting stuff
1: yeah absolutely i um i was of course in the octagon during his uh commentary debut and i have got to be honest. I got goosebumps as Christian started talking. <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" This guy, this guy just it's jumped no right into it. No joke, with uh, some outstanding commentary. Uh, if you haven't watched that fight, um, it was a good one. It was a good fight. You know, uh, it's been a couple hours since then. It wasn't the all-out, you know, war that I wanted, um, but it was a great fight. Tornado's moments, Lawler, obviously. Uh, gets the victory there but for me the standout of my foot my fight was honestly the commentary uh, from you and Christian I thought Christian did a fantastic job It's first time in the booth uh, with you and I think it made uh, for a special fight so I definitely recommend going back and watching uh, and listening to Christian's debut and then of course he debuted in the octagon uh, opposite of uh, vicente Luque of the bullet club we saw darren till uh as the first fighter of the Darst knights to make their debut with a new squad and uh did you happen to catch that fight john i did I, I certainly did yeah we saw uh vicente Luque pick up a big win you know he's had about a 500 record uh in the league so far he'll get a win he'll take a loss as a part of the bullet club but uh big win there. You know, Franklin likes to play spoiler. And I think he did, uh, just that.
2: Yeah. And he's been playing, he has been playing that role for a while and he continues this, uh, interesting journey of, of playing spoiler and, uh, you know, just like he did with Robbie Lawler as well. He has a knack for doing this. You know, he just has a knack for showing up in these moments and turning the league on its head a little bit. So, um, gonna be interesting how that plays out in that division and and where we go from
1: here yeah absolutely and uh where we're going shortly is more uh Darce knight's fights obviously he had the uh the five fights uh that he's debuting with at bad blood 2 we're gonna get into that card we're gonna talk about what we expect to see uh from christian maybe some strategy that we'll see from his fight camp uh we have the newly released halloween havoc fight card um you know, I'm now the proud owner of a GoDaddy Studio Pro membership, uh, unlocking unlocking some new uh, some new features as well as some some new fonts. So I'm super excited about that. I just got a um,
2: I just got a heart rate alert on the watch.
1: Um, <laughs> heart rate's definitely going up for that one. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we're gonna go over those cards in a moment, but um, the league is heating up and. I told you to take last weekend off. What a complete snoozer! What a <laughs> that, snoozer of a card that was. That not UFC only on games. paper, not
2: only on paper, but it certainly <laughs> delivered on that title and status as a snoozer. Oh my god! It was um, so if you bad. had the opportunity to watch any of those fights, um, you just can't get that time back. You can't get that time back in your life, um, and it's
1: a shame because it was an absolute dud. So. Yeah, it's a real it's a real shame. Aside from uh, seeing Jim Miller absolutely blast his opponent, um, which you know you could catch a, a quick uh, fifteen second clip on Twitter of that, completely uneventful. But um, this weekend really starts it off. Really starts off, like I said, the uh, the heating up of the UFC IRL and uh, the card as a whole. Not fantastic, but the main event definitely really interesting. As we see Paulo Costa returning to the octagon, uh, the number two ranked middleweight in the world, uh, you know, went into the Izzy fight undefeated. Obviously got uh, TKO'd by Israel Adesanya, uh, and hasn't fought yet. Blamed it on you know drinking uh, the night before too much wine, a lot of wine. And uh, yeah, and he's stepping back in the octagon against a guy who, if you ask him, says he's beat Israel Adesanya twice. Uh, I watched both of those fights. He didn't win either of them. But... Unbelievably confusing. <laughs> honestly, I don't know. How... <laughs> I don't know how uh, he thinks that. But uh, we're going to. You got to Marvin... appreciate the, the confidence, though. The, Mar- the yeah, the shrimp uh, making his return first uh, first fight since losing to Adesanya earlier this year, and uh, I think this is a this is either going to be a nightmare of a fight to watch, or it's going to be really really good. Um, I think it has potential to be like a um, Paulo Costa, Yoel Romero type of fight where they're just throwing absolute bombs. And, uh, you know, neither of them is very technical. Um, uh, Vittori, obviously a little bit more of a wrestler, but this isn't Kevin Holland. He's not going to just be able to throw Costa around. Costa is definitely going to try and, you know, knock, uh, Vittori out do a lot of damage I think it's got the makings of a good one um, what are your thoughts on uh, Costa of Vittori this weekend
2: I think it's a it's a really good fight it's an interesting fight right two versus five um, Vittori coming off the the loss to Adesanya so it definitely puts uh, a different level of uh, emphasis on this fight for me right if if Vittori wins it it definitely stalls the division a little bit. Then you're looking at guys like Brunson and Cannoneer and, and other guys like that or whatever is happening. Um, but if Paulo Costa wins, it it sets up a potential uh, rematch from from that fight not too long ago, right? Uh, it's interesting stylistically. I I rewatched the Israel Adesanya fight versus Marvin Vittori and even though it was a clinic by Adesanya and clearly won the entire fight. um, I, I do have to say Marvin Vittori's chin was, was pretty solid throughout that fight. And uh, when you look at this fight, you look at Paulo Costa, who, you know, round one, certainly dangerous round two, probably pretty dangerous, but doesn't, isn't known to have the biggest gas tank, right. uh, Of, of fighters in, in this division. And Marvin Vittori has, has gone five rounds, you know, whether it looked good or not. He went five rounds with Israel Adesanya. So um, it's, it's going to be an interesting fight. I, I, I'm interested to see if Marvin Vittori can take some punishment early and maybe wear down Paulo Costa. Um, but it could go either way. It could go either way. We could see a, uh, a grappling and a ground and pound kind of type of fight from Marvin Vittori. Could Paulo Costa catch him? Certainly, I think if he's gonna catch him, it's round one. He only gets slower after round one. Uh, It's a five round fight. So if I think uh, advantage Paulo Costa round one and two, and then anything past the second round, I think Marvin Vittori could win by a decision.
1: Okay, I like uh, those little prop takes at the uh, end there. We're gonna get into a little betting talk here in a second um one thing he said definitely sticks out to me and it said vittori really showed a good chin against adesanya um and you know he did the same against kevin holland right he he fought kevin holland the beginning of that fight it looked like you know vittori was actually going to stand up with him and uh he got caught with you know one one good hook from kevin holland and then he kind of had his way with him after that um so I, I definitely think Vittori has shown that he's got a good chin. You know, costa has been knocked out. Vittori hasn't. So uh, that's something to think about. Um, do you Have you seen the odds? Do you know who the favorite is here, Joe? Uh, yeah,
2: Vittori is a minus 140, and Paulo Casas is a plus 120. So uh, Vittori yeah. getting the nod right now.
1: Yeah, Vittori definitely getting the nod. And I think that makes sense, uh, especially when you think about Each of their last fights were against the same person um, and two different results there. Vittori, you know, absolutely, technically speaking, got dominated by Adesanya in that last fight. Um, It was all Adesanya. He never heard Adesanya. The closest it even got to having any sort of uh, impactful moments from Vittori was uh, when it looked like he was going to be able to lock in a submission, and then right after that, Not only does Adesanya reverse it, but he reverses it and then starts landing damage on Vittori. Uh, But to Vittori's credit, he also wasn't hurt that entire fight. There was no moments where it was like, oh, you know, Vittori's on his way out. And I think that is uh, what he talked about recently is that, you know, Adesanya fought smart, but he didn't necessarily feel like he lost that fight because there wasn't, you know, a lot of damage done. Um, So I think it makes sense that Vittori's the favorite uh slight favorite here still pretty close um the over under is four and a half rounds so vittori's been in uh you know two back-to-back five-round fights went five rounds with holland went five rounds with asania um costa i don't know that he's ever been in a five-round fight that's gone five rounds i think he hasn't yeah the one versus adesanya was the first one um i like the under there how about you I like the under also. Um, yeah. It, it makes I, sense to me. Yeah, I think uh, this fight is either going to end, you know, first two rounds via knockout from Costa, or I think Costa is just going to absolutely get gassed and not be able to do anything and uh, could end up in a submission uh, position from Vittori, maybe a rear naked choke, yeah, a or triangle I could choke.
2: See, or I could see a, a situation where he's so gassed. Because keep in mind, it, it, look at the last – the last couple of fights for for uh, Paulo Costa fought November of 2017, right, against Johnny Hendricks way back when, yeah. fought in 2018 against Uriah Hall, 2019 against Romero, and then 2020. He's only he's not fighting a lot, and I think yeah. if you combine that with the fact that he doesn't have the best cardio, and he's coming off a pretty long layoff, I could see a scenario where Vittori just smothering him on the ground, Paulo Costa covering up, and the ref has no choice but to stop the fight because um, he's not he's not really doing anything on the ground. So we'll see. We'll see. It'll be All an right. interesting
1: fight for sure. All right, and let's uh, we've talked about it enough. Let's cement our picks here. We'll see how we do. Uh, you know, next week when we talk, we've got um, again Costa plus one twenty, Vittori minus minus one fifty. Who do you got? And what's the method of victory? What do you want me I'm to gonna- start? Uh, why don't,
2: I'll give you, I'll give you the, uh, the floor here.
1: I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Vittori and I think it's inside the distance. I think, uh, he's going to win via TKO. I think the, the last, um, you know, thing you said makes a lot of sense to me. Costa being completely gassed and, uh, you know, just having to cover up. I, I don't see any scenario where Costa wins this by decision. And I don't even see a scenario where Vittori like drags Costa to a five-round decision. The only way that happens is if this fight is absolutely awful. Like this is not going to be <laughs> a five-round war uh, that like goes five rounds. So if it goes five rounds, I think uh, we're going to be talking about how shitty this fight was next week. But uh, I think Vittori is going to want to finish. Going to want to show that you know he is uh, he is who he says he is. And uh, I think we see. Uh, Victory win. I'm going to call it a third round TKO. Well, I like that. I like that
2: prediction. Um, as I said earlier, I, I I see this ending with Paulo Costa essentially making making giving the ref no choice but to call the fight. Um, I'm going to say fourth round. I think I think for, he, I don't see it going to a decision. I think Vittoria will eventually do enough on the ground. Even if it's just, you know, slapping him in the face. Um I I do see Vittori stopping, ending the fight, TKO, uh fourth round, Costa just compl- dry heaving in the middle of the octagon, just so gassed
1: from the, uh, <laughs>
2: the between the hair plugs and the drinking, it's just it's just too much to overcome
1: at this point. So Yeah, yeah it's a lot to um, overcome. We will uh we will see how we do. We'll see if uh Costa makes you know, proves us doubters wrong. Um, personally, I think it's more exciting for the division if, uh, if Costa just comes out and completely starches Vittori. Because Absolutely. Absolutely. then you then you start to wonder, um, you know, as crazy as it sounds, was he actually hung over in that last fight? Uh, did we see the best version of Paolo Costa then? Uh, or is this, you know, version of Paulo Costa what uh, might actually do well against Izzy? So I guess we'll we'll find out um let's move on to more exciting action that's happening in the ffl uh after our last uh podcast we uh we saw the bad blood card released and um there's some massive massive fights on this card i said on our last pod that uh it's shaping up to be one of my favorites and uh so far just a couple fights in it's looking really good so um if you want, we'll just uh, start from the bottom of the card, work our way up, and talk about some of these fights. Maybe make some picks here and there. Let's do it. Uh, so, I mean, starting from the bottom, you have two absolute bangers. The biggest, uh, the two biggest fights for the Darcy Knights on this card of the Darcy Knights debuts. Uh, we see Jorge Gamebred Mosvedal against Dustin the Diamond Poirier uh, in a lightweight matchup for Mosvedal. So, you're not getting the four and a half star welterweight masvidal here you're getting the the lightweight masvidal um this fight having big consequences for really what the darse knights you know early season is going to look like at the end of the day it's just one fight but uh depending on how masvidal does here um that main event of halloween havoc could get really interesting um of course uh on team apex really had a struggle uh of it so far this season i'm not completely sure if he's gotten a win yet. Uh, I believe his record might be one and five, zero oh and five, something like that. A lot of close contests with Dustin Poirier, but uh, unable to get that W. Does he pick up the W here against Jorge Masvidal, or uh, could this be one of Darcy Knight's uh, first, if not the first, victory for him? Oof! Uh, I think it's
2: it's it's a close. We've seen, we've seen even in a very small sample size from the Darcy Knights, uh, just a lot of different looks, a lot of things that we haven't seen in this league before, um, a lot more methodical. Um, I think a lot of us tend from one time to another to, to throw a lot. Um, But the Darce Knights seem to be a lot more calculated with their strikes and with Jorge Masvidal, you have a guy who has a ton of power that can absolutely um, put someone out. And he's going against someone in Dustin Poirier that could do the same, right? So you have a recipe for an exciting fight. Um, Jeff obviously hasn't been able to get it done with Dustin, but that's not to say that uh, there haven't been some really close entertaining fights. So, oh, man, it's, it's a tough call. Um, I know there's kind of rumors about Dustin being on the move and what that might yeah. look like. So there's, there's, there's some rumblings there and you have to wonder if that has gotten back to Dustin and if that plays a role in uh, maybe the mental side of, of what we're going to see out of him. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with the Dorse Knights, uh, whether this fight goes down as, as the first one on the card or not. Um, breaking through and getting a win here, I think. I think Jorge Masvidal has has shown this season already that he is kind of like a caged animal. He gets his opportunity. He's he 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 gets in there and he he um absolutely chooses violence. And I think he continues that trend against Dustin and gets the knockout.
1: Wow! Absolutely, uh, that would be special if uh, Masvidal. So, able to so special, so cool. special. Um, you know, the Dark Slides has another fight against Jeff. Uh, Yoel Romero making his debut against Paulo Costa. And this is, uh, you know, Costa's been hard to, hard to come by in the FFL yeah. this season. He's been booked uh, a few times, and those fights have been scrapped for numerous reasons. Um, you know, inability to, to reach, you know, the proper weight, uh, some tough weight cuts for Paulo there, um, some other personal issues going on with Mr. Costa in the FFL. Uh, Joel Romero, you know, has the most punching power of any middleweight in the game. Um, 98 punching power, I believe, and some uh, incredible, ex- incredibly exotic strikes, too. Yeah, exotic strikes, a five star flying knee. Uh, I mean, pound for pound, he might be one of those, you know, top tier, uh, you know, fighters in the game. I think he's been kind of treated low key in our league. We haven't really seen a super successful Romero. I wonder if the Darcy Knights having his hands on him uh, could change that. Um, For me, I think this fight is going to come down to one thing and one thing only. It's can Jeff get Romero on his back and can he land those big, heavy strikes? I think that is a strategy that has worked very well for Jeff. Um, And I think, you know, a mix of... Romero's now ability to have some head movement might make it tough for, you know, the typical overhands hooks uh, that we would see from Apollo Costa to really land on Romero. Uh, And I mean, if you look at the move sets between Romero and Costa, I mean, they could not be more different. Um, So I think in order for Jeff to really get a lot of offense in uh, it's got to be that ground offense. We haven't seen uh, a lot of Christian defending Uh, on the ground. He's been in a couple of, you know, awesome stand-up fights against myself and against uh, and against Franklin until Luke. So we'll see, we'll see what happens here. Um, If I had to make a pick right now, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Romero based on just the, the exotic strikes, the move set, I think is just a little out of Costa's reach. Um, But I will say there is a little bit of a game plan set, I think. Uh, if you look at the uh, fight between Cannoneer and Anderson Silva, similar discrepancy in movesets. Obviously, Cannoneer and Silva are way different fighters than Romero Costa, but um, Cannoneer, very limited. You know, he's got the the baseball bat, roundhouse, uh, and he's got 98 punch power. That's pretty much it. He doesn't have much else. So maybe there's a, maybe there's a game plan out there for Jeff to have some success against Romero. What are your thoughts?
2: Man, I echo a lot of what, what you said, really good analysis there. Um, I I do feel like Jeff is what one thing that is really, really cool about any new member of the FFL is they've always brought an extra and new wrinkle to uh, the way they fight. If you remember when team apex joined the league, it was all about that clinch work and those trips and, Throws and things that we just hadn't really seen before, and it's forced us. It's forced us as as fight camps to uh, reevaluate uh, our skill sets and how it's definitely, It's it is absolutely uh, influenced. I know the way you fight and um, the work you've done with your clinch work, and now you have the Darius Knights coming in, and already early on the head movement, the head movement counters that we're seeing from Christian, it's a different level and. If if he with Yoel Romero uh, with that 97 punch power, which is very different than the Anderson Silva punch power, is able to land a few of those um, on Paulo Costa, it's going to be a huge problem. It's going to be a massive problem. So um, I I think uh, for me I I think Yoel Romero uh, can get the win here. I, I definitely I definitely see it. I think. Uh, This one, to me, is a little bit more clear, in my opinion, than the Dustin uh, Poirier fight that we're going to see with Masvidal. Just because of Masvidal fighting in a weight class that's not his best, Um, definitely uh, kind of a star difference there in terms of the overall stats. But Yoel Romero, on paper, is just disgusting. He is disgusting. He's got so many five-star moves. He's got the flying knee. He's got the takedowns. Um he's dangerous. And again, we haven't seen him featured a lot. And I think sometimes when you don't see a fighter having success, he kind of he goes away, right? He doesn't get a lot of shine and he doesn't get to uh we don't get to see a lot of exposure to some fighters that are really, really good. So it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see if Yoel Romero um can get the job done. I think he can. I think he can beat uh Costa here.
1: Wow, well, absolute perfect timing. Uh John, we got another guest joining us today. Uh just for a bit, is not gonna sit around I the think whole time. Is. We've got him. We are the nation, of domination in the building. AJ, welcome, brother.
0: Hey guys, great to be here. Long oh, time no talk.
1: Unbelievable. Yes, the pod has missed you. I'm sure all the uh the pod heads as have missed <laughs> hearing your voice. Oh, heads, I've man.
0: missed them too, yeah. It's, it's been a, a crazy end to the summer for me, man. You know, I've got a lot of opportunities, talking about some souped-up Game Boys and stuff. So many sponsorships. Just, just so, Absolutely. yeah, so many sponsorships, but I'm just so glad to be back home right here uh, for the FFL podcast, right here on FFL Live Plus.
1: Yes, let's go, baby. Uh, so to catch you up, we've started just at the bottom of the Bad Blood 2 uh, card graphic there. Uh, breaking down some of the fights we're going to see. We've talked uh, Masvidal Poirier, Romero Costa. We're about to talk uh, Hennan Burrell versus Rob Font. Now, Hennon Burrell, mostly known in the FFL for getting picked on uh, for his <laughs> chest tattoo. Um, but right, make, no, mis- so. make <laughs> no mistake, uh, he was, at one point, the pound-for-pound number one fighter in the world. Um, you know, a kind of... Weak performance against T.J. Dillashaw to lose his Bantamweight title um, kind of changed the course of Barrow's career. But at one point, it was UFC King is Uh Just there's nobody in the Bantamweight division that could touch him. And uh, he's, he's got some nice stats when you look at him. I, I'm surprised he actually hasn't been used. Uh, he's very fast. Uh, he's got, you know, knockout power. And, um, you know, a little has been gifted a little bit of the legend treatment a bit. So he's going up against uh, Rob Font, who's only fought for the Modesto Nuts once, uh, against UAJ, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Um, and what are your thoughts on this fight? You know, Darce Knights uh, has a, a, a fight against Modesto Nuts. Both
0: of these teams, uh, you know, newer to the league. Uh, what do you think we see here? Yeah, you know, I think the exciting thing about this fight is that I don't know what we're going to see here, right? Uh, This is going to be, what, the third fight for uh, Darcy Knights and Henan Baral, his first fight ever in the league. Um, I think it all really depends on if we're going to get Rob Font or Font Rob in the... uh, Sorry, Fab (laughs) Rot in this fight. Uh, Modesto Nuts have been very inconsistent, you know? They've almost reached the highest of highs and boy, we've seen him at the lowest of lows. Um, I think the last time we saw Rob Font, he got destroyed, like you said, by Sean O'Malley. Um, and interesting that O'Malley's going to be fighting Dillashaw on this card, so we might have a nice little, you know, foursome over here between these four fighters here. I love that. Um Yeah, yeah I think this this sets up a, the next fight, right? A, a great way for Hannon Burrell himself and a christian leader of the Darst knights to come in and really make a statement i know he's opened up in the league uh is it is it oh and three at this point or oh and two oh and two awesome yeah hopefully he doesn't get to oh and three um modesto nuts and rob font you know had a tough time getting that first win i think they sit at uh you know four and 25 27 something like that um so I really don't know what's going to happen in this fight. It's going to really be a good scout fight for all of us to see, you know, where the hierarchy of this league ends up shaking up from, I hate to say it, but from the bottom up.
1: All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you to your picks here. I'm going to go Hinn and Burrell, and I think it's a first-round knockout.
0: Wow. I'm going to go Rob Font, and I think that it's a second-round knockout.
2: And I, I will I will take Henan Burrell in the first round as well.
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, and finally, the uh, I mean, tied for the Poirier fight, I would say, uh, the biggest fight uh, of the Darcy Knights debuts. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It is the biggest fight. Uh, we saw the the Instagram posts from one Rafael de Sanjos. One thing the dars Knights loves is a. Uh, a good Brazilian fighter with the uh, the soft R as a first name. So yeah. absolutely, Hitting he doesn't morale. love a good
0: Brazilian. <laughs>
1: Rafael dos Anjos, <laughs> uh, RDA, another like on paper amazing fighter, man. I mean, you're looking at a a beast in the lightweight or welterweight division. Just hasn't been really used, I think, up to his potential. So I'm excited to see how he looks in the hands of the Darks Knights. Uh, he's got a tough test, man, going up against one GSP uh in the hands of somebody that has barely ever lost with gsp. Um I think out of like
0: barely ever lost period. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah barely ever (laughs) lost
1: period. I think out of like 15, 16, 17 fights with GSP, what we're looking at two, three losses. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. I think Um,
0: you know one or two of those were extremely surprising too. Yeah, absolutely. Um
1: so I think RDA, GSP, uh has potential to be uh you know a huge momentum boost if christian can you know pull off the upset because make no mistake as sick as the you know rda fighter in the game is uh and as solid as he is in real life uh gsp is just a tough matchup um in every kind of sense of it and uh for christian here so new to the league to get a win on him uh in this debut using this fighter for the first time, uh, I think would just be a massive, massive upset. So, um, I mean, I'm going to pick GSP to win. Um, to me, it would be surprising if this goes into the third round. If, if this fight can get to the third round, I think uh, Christian can be really happy with that performance, knowing uh, how many of John's fights end in first round knockouts or TKOs, right? So my thoughts are, Obviously go for broke, try, try and pull the upset, but uh, I think the coaching staff over at the Darst Knights, knowing what they're up against here, uh, feels really good if this fight goes into the third round, or if you can even get it to decision. What are your thoughts, AJ?
0: Um, yeah, you know, if I know John, he is kind of taken aback at the thought of you um, saying that he's going to get to the, <laughs> the third round against uh, anybody, <laughs> to be honest, right? And... I have a question. Do the Knights know what they're stepping into the Octagon with? Because I don't know the extent of the tape they've seen on, um, on John or GSP or any of those fighters for that matter. But I think he might be in for an extremely rude awakening. Um, GSP is a fucking animal and so is John Scarmato. I, I, I don't see this making it two minutes and 30 seconds into the first round. Oh, wow. So
1: for you, it's a, it's a win if, uh, if, if uh, RDA makes it to round two.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, for most of us, it's a win to get out of the first round, you know, against John, anyways. But absolutely, if you can survive that first round, you know, no shade to Darth Knights, but you got to be happy with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. John, we talked about uh, Christian's debut here in the league. Um, obviously, not going to have you pick. I, I know who you think is going to win the fight, <laughs> but uh, just tell us—you know, this is going to be your first moments in the octagon against Christian, uh, and he's got—you know—RDA, a very solid fighter. Um, what are your thoughts heading into this one?
2: Yeah, it, first of all, thank you for the kind words. Uh, always good to have the ego boosted a little bit. Sometimes you need it, um, especially after getting starched by. Uh, Max Holloway Um, so just trying to still deal with that Um, but yeah having GSP first of all having GSP back is such a special thing for us Um, obviously last year was huge Um, and then of course being able to reunite with him he's very motivated you've seen his comments on Twitter Um, certainly RDA is very motivated Uh, but GSP is uh, he feels he's in a different class uh, than RDA, and that's not. There's no disrespect uh, to Darcey Knights or RDA, but George is looking at uh, a very different uh, path. He's looking at Kamara Usman. He's looking at uh, the middleweight title potentially, and he's he has his 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 eyes set on a very big prize. All that being said, uh, as his coach, as his fight camp, uh, we've been doing a lot of studying of the two fights so far that we have access to with the darst knights and we know um some of the things that we may see luckily a, a lot of that george is prepared for um and i think we 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 plan to utilize uh, some similar things um george hasn't had a chance to exercise his wrestling and his slams a lot and you may see some of that later tonight from him um but yeah, uh definitely not looking past christian he's in his two fights, he's already uh, shown a lot in terms of improvement and just getting used to our fight styles. I can't imagine what it's like to just jump into a league and have to learn all new fight styles and all new fighters and um he's done a tremendous job so far, but he's definitely running into uh, one of the greatest of all time so uh right, it's absolutely. it's 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 humbling early in your in your fight camp's career to run into the goat, so
0: we'll see yeah.
2: Absolutely.
1: Uh, AJ, can you stick around?
0: Yeah, yeah. I got it for more minutes. I got some time. Um, cool. so,
1: I'm so hard. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so continuing, uh, talking about Bad Blood, we have, uh, you know, six fights on the main card here. Um, we have Anthony Pettis of Modesto Nuts going up against Nick Diaz of Savage Joes. Uh, Nick Diaz, you know, fighting only a second fight on Savage Joes. Pettis getting uh, his first look at FFL action since being traded to Modesto Nuts. Who do you guys got here?
0: Man, that's, this is going to be a good fight. You know, I think I have to give the tilt to Savage Joe's in this one. They've just been on a real hot streak. I mean, even in their losses, they're looking really good. Um, and I think they want to keep that up, especially with the. The grudge match coming up with Haspula Club, right? Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pick Diaz and the Savage Joes. Um, gimme second round TKO. Wow, round specific. Nice. John?
2: Oof, I like that. I, I'm I'm with AJ on this one. I think Trevor's very, very, very motivated right now. He feels um, that he's gotten the short end of the stick a few times with some of his title wins and he just seems like he's a very, very motivated uh fight camp right now. Um and you have a situation where uh he just he just kind of lost a grudge match to Hasbullah club, you know? He didn't show up very well against Hasbullah club. Franklin definitely brought it to him. And I think that leads to a very motivated Trevor. And I think we see Nick uh Diaz get back in the win column here. Um Honestly, I have a hard time seeing this get past the first round. Um just I, I just think I just see it ending pretty quickly, even with the lack of power. Um so I'll go first round wow. knockout. Yeah.
1: Wow, first round. You know, I think this is uh one of the more interesting fights. Um uh and I I just got told uh AJ received a call, which is why he uh bounced away. He may be joining back with us. But um you know, Pettis has an amazing move set, right? Um, Nick Diaz is a little limited. So when I think of, you know, what Juan might throw out there, what, uh, you know, Trevor's going to have at his disposal. Um, I think if if Nick gets Pettis on his back, it's going to be it's kind of the same old story. We know how good uh, Trevor is at the ground and pound. But if Juan can keep this fight standing up and really land some of those big kicks, land some big head kicks, I think we could see the upset, guys. I, th- I honestly would have Nick Diaz as the favorite here. Um, but I think we could see Pettis really do work because of the, uh, the power discrepancy. And Juan himself has also improved, right? We're looking at two of the most improved fighters in the league. Um, and we're talking about, you know, Juan first starting out still very new to uh, learning all of our fight styles. And he's come so close to getting those big wins. Uh, and I think this might be his first big win against Trevor. Um, Pettis is no joke. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go just to uh, kind of switch it up a little bit. I'm going to go with Pettis on the upset. Um, Ooh, next nice. one, I'll uh, I'll let you guys talk about because I'm in the fight. It's uh, also Modesto nuts. It's Steve Baby Cyril Gunn. <coughs> AJ, what are, your, uh, what
2: are your thoughts here?
0: Man. That is... <laughs> I, I almost don't want to make a selection here and just enjoy the fight. Um, but Cyril Gunn looked so good the last time that we saw him. or last time I saw him, at least. Um, I'm going yeah, to have to say it was Gunn. the. It's his first fight since uh, gone against Jones. Yeah, so. yeah, and he looks really good. He looked really good in that fight. Um, you know, stepe has been on ice for a while. I'm gonna go with Cyril all gone. All right. mm. Third round yeah. knockout. Wow. Yeah. I uh,
2: I actually don't think this fight is close at all. Um, I think this is a complete joke of a fight. Um, <laughs> I think Sir, Cyril Ghan, if, if you've seen Cyril Gane, if you watched uh, the John Jones-Cyril Gane stand and bang in the Kumite, uh, shout out to at the FFL, FFL Plus TV, going to have an FFL review of that fight coming up soon. Yeah, can't um, wait. Can't wait to see that. Super exciting stuff. But uh, Cyril Gane is an assassin. I mean, he has gotten faster. His strikes are, are incredibly fast and technical. Very accurate uh, and very powerful. Uh, for as technical and as how light on his feet he is, he's super, super powerful. Uh, Stepe, uh, for some bizarre reason, especially uh, in the FFL and in this game, he's just so slow. Um, he's probably one of the slowest fighters in the whole game. Um, there's going to be so many counter opportunities for Cyril Gon. Um, Cyril Gon could probably get a taunt or two in before hitting the counter and still land the counter. Um, so I just I just see this as um, right in Max's wheelhouse, just a couple of counters is probably gonna end this fight. And even though Stipe has got a great chin and relatively solid cardio, I, I just don't see any scenario where this gets out of the first round. I think Cyril gone very motivated to get back to the top um, again, one 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 strike difference and he's still the undisputed heavyweight champion i mean it was that close so uh, i go cyril Gunn first round uh knockout
1: i thank you guys for the uh vote of confidence there i'm not taking the desto nuts and Stepe lightly though um well aj we're about to talk about your fights that might be a little awkward uh <laughs> with you on here so uh i I uh, am going to see you off here. It was great to have you. And AJ, uh, thank you so much, man. Can't wait yeah, to have you back. Thank you,
0: guys. It's great to be back. Can't wait to be back for you know, a longer period of time next time. Um, all I know is my fights are going to be absolute bangers. I mean, We've got Dillashaw O'Malley and Ngannou Fury. I'm really excited for that one. And wow. I can't wait to hear what you guys think about that uh, when I listen to this later. But thanks a lot, guys. I'll see you later. All right, thanks, AJ.
2: What, what a, a
1: complete, yeah! What a treat, man! What a complete minch, I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> absolutely, just a big fan, just a big fan of AJ, yeah, man. Absolutely, um, yeah, absolute minch. So, uh, yeah, we got a, a quartet of uh, fights from the Nation of Domination here on the on the main card. A couple of flyweight battles here with uh, Zabit Magomedsharipov making his Corporation debut against uh, Brian Ortega. Ortega has uh, fought once in the FFL this year in uh, a loss to Max Holloway at the Grand Prix. Um, we have Yair Rodriguez uh, making his debut for the Nation of Domination against one Korean zombie. Uh, Korean zombie, I believe, uh, has fought once and I believe he lost um, as part
2: he, he, of he did. Team Apex. I think he lost to Connor.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. It was, it was uh, it's a tough fight. for him. Yeah, that was actually one of the crispest openings to any fight uh, that we've seen. Um, so, yeah, we've got Yagir and Korean Zombies a beat Ortega. My question to you is, is uh, which one do you think AJ uh, has got a better chance in? Wow. um
2: that's definitely not the question I was expecting, but I I uh, wow, it's tough. I um, uh, I'm gonna say Yair Korean Zombie. I just think there's the the move set of Yair El Pantera just. It's great. It's
1: crazy, honestly. I
2: I just want to see him go Ultra Instinct and just watch some. Some things we've just never seen before. Korean Zombie is a—he's a bad dude. He's an absolute so tough. He's such a tough motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he's a tough motherfucker, dude. <laughs> he really is. I mean, um, but all that being said, it, into a fight with a guy you've never seen before. Uh, we haven't really seen Yair in 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 the octagon in the FFL. And I think that's a huge advantage for AJ uh, and a huge disadvantage for the Korean Zombie. So that one uh, is is the one for me, for sure, that AJ um, should should have a lot of success in.
1: Yeah, I think these fights are very similar, man. Uh, I mean, a- AJ has barely used Ortega. Team Apex has barely used Korean Zombie. I've never used Zabit. And AJ's never used the Yair, right? So they're, they're kind of mirrors to each other. Uh, definitely going to get things moving in the featherweight division. Um, I think that, you know, my fight, Zabit Ortega, is going to be interesting just because I'm i not really sure what I have with Zabit. Um, I know he's got a fantastic moveset, but uh, Brian Ortega is no joke. It took a lot for Max Holloway to get him out of there. So yeah, um, I, I think... You know, AJ just recently got a win off of me. He's broken kind of the little hot streak that I had uh, with the Izzy DC fight. So, I mean, maybe he's got Zabit's number. I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, but I love your sentiments you made about you know how good Yair is. I think it comes down to who is more used to the fighter they've never used before. Is mm-hmm. it me with Zabit or is it AJ with Yair? That's and I think call. that's I think that's what uh, that's going to determine. You know, if AJ walks out of there with two wins, one win or zero wins uh, between those two featherweight fights. Um, Last one before we get to the uh, the co-main event of the evening, we've got TJ Dillashaw up against Sugar Sean O'Malley. Last time we saw uh, these two was at Mortal Kombat um, in different divisions, but both taking uh, losses. In Mortal Kombat fights, these were the, the two big Mortal Kombat fights. O'Malley earlier this year had that uh, really close win over Marlon Marais, uh that really jump shotted my uh, jump started I should say my uh, commentary to the next level, and uh, you know we finally got to see Morrice get a uh, get his revenge. He actually took two uh, two niled. O'Malley in the Mortal Kombat fight there. Um, So O'Malley looking for some retribution, looking to get back on the winning streak. And T.J. Dillashaw, of course, fought Brandon Moreno uh, in a Mortal Kombat fight. Moreno dominated the first fight. Uh, Dillashaw looked really good in the second fight, in the MMA fight. It, uh, you know, one of my, you know, quicker, better wins uh, of the season took place in that second round of the of that Mortal Kombat fight, uh, but round three was more of what we got in round one. Dillashaw made it a little closer that third fight, but uh, pretty much it was the Moreno show. So uh, these two, Dillashaw moving up in weight here, making his bantamweight debut for us, and uh, yeah, who do you got here? Big time bantamweight matchup. We know the winner of this fight is fighting Corey Sandhagen at Halloween Havoc. So what are you thinking?
2: Oh, about? Man, these are these are where it gets tough. I mean, these are razor close matchups. Um, a lot of, a, a lot of this matchup reminds me of the DC Israel Adesanya matchup in a lot of ways stylistically. Um, I think that the main differences is, is that you have TJ Dillashaw, who's uh, got a lot of power, um, can can take the ground to any area and be comfortable, which I don't think you could say the same for Sean um, O'Malley. So dynamic, uh, such a Uh, just a prodigy when it comes to his strikes and his length and I think that is the that's that's absolutely the pro for the you have some range you can create some distance with those kicks um if you can keep Dillashaw on the outside uh you you that's your chance that's your chance to really um expose Dillashaw and and get some strikes in TJ on the other hand Again, TJ is battle tested at this point. He's been at the top of the division. He's got he's got a great move set. He's got plenty of uh, tricks up his sleeve. Um, I just think it's I think it's a lot for Sugar Sean to to deal with. Um, that's not to say that it's going to be a um, a one sided match. I think this could very easily have. Um, a bunch of knockdowns for O'Malley against Dillashaw. I think Dillashaw could hit the canvas a few times in a back-and-forth fight. Um, but I think TJ, very hungry, very motivated after his loss. Um, and, wow, what a rematch that would be of Corey Sandhagen and TJ Dillashaw potentially meeting at Halloween Havoc. Um, so my mind right now says TJ Dillashaw, um, I think second round KO could, could be the, uh, the move in my mind.
1: Okay. That uh, to me is definitely the, uh, the biggest, uh, the biggest fight that um, well, the biggest fight that I it's have. It's a massive fight. Card, it's so a massive fight. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big time fight um, can really make, uh, make some things, you know, kind of shake crazily in the, in the band division. I mean, Let's just say O'Malley goes on a tear, gets you know, a win over Dillashaw, a win over Sandhagen. I mean, who who denies that man? You know, you can't a bantamweight a Bantamway title shot, right? Um, You know, Corey Sandhagen beating either of these guys. I, I think we've got our next challenger for Jan potentially, right? And then yeah, for sure, let's say let's say Dillashaw goes on a tear. You know, does he? try to step back down to one, uh, 125 at flyweight, right? Because obviously he's, he's not fighting Yon. So does he use a couple of big bantamweight wins maybe to get back in the flyweight title picture? I don't know. We'll, ha- we'll have to see what, what happens, how it shakes down. But uh, the co-main event, the debut of Tyson Fury, uh, the pound-for-pound greatest boxer uh, on earth right now, against the Predator, Francis Ngannou, a couple of big-time debuts. Um, man, this is all about the reach of Tyson Fury for me. He's tied with John Jones for the biggest reach in the game, 85 inches. And, uh, you know, it's going to be tough for Ngannou to get inside or even to get close enough to land those big, massive hooks, uh, those big overhands. They're not going to be easy to come by when your opponent is six foot nine and uh, has an 85 inch reach, Um, let alone the fact that Fury's got so much power. I believe he's got like a five-star jab and a five-star straight. Uh, It could get really hairy in there for Francis Ngannou quickly. That being said, to me, this is Fury Wilder all over again, right? If, If Ngannou can land his power punches flush on Tyson Fury, enough times we could see uh, fury go down. We could see a knockdown. Uh, and I think that's the key here for AJ is he's got to look for a knockdown um, fury, you know, fighting off the canvas, not something he's necessarily used to. Um, and I think that Nganu's going to have enough of an edge there that it could make things difficult for Tyson. If this is, you know, patented AJ strategy, Stand and bang, I'm going to you know, just attempt to outbox and outstrike and outland you. Uh, I think it could get really hairy. I think it could get extremely hairy. And I think that's because, again, the reach, the power uh, of Tyson Fury. Um, another thing I think is that Nganu needs to use uh, more weapons than the hands. I think that might involve the clinch a little bit. That might involve some kicking. Uh, not necessarily leg kicks. Ningani's not going to do much damage there, but we know how good AJ is at leg kicks, so I expect we'll see some regardless. Um, but, you know, he's got a buffed kind of roundhouse kick um, from the Miocic fight that we haven't really seen many people use. I think it would be interesting if he tried to get that up there. That's sasking a lot because Tyson Fury is 6'9", but... Uh, I mean, it's just its just not an easy matchup for anyone. It's an exciting prize fight. We've heard from Fury he's not interested in chasing titles. He's interested in chasing money. And uh, Francis Ngannou is very pleased with his purse of this fight. This is, even though it's only the co-main event, uh, the most fiscal, uh, fiscally uh, rewarding fight on Bad Blood 2 or Halloween Havoc for that matter. Uh, as Tyson Fury and both uh, him and Francis Ngannou walking away with a nice purse. Oh, man. Uh, big time fight. Uh, I'm, I'm, I refuse to make a pick. It's my podcast. You can't make me. Um, but I, I will say that if, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be easy. If, if Ngannou tries to stand the entire time, I think Tyson Fury wins this fight. Um, just because it's going to be difficult for him to get his big time offense in. Big fight for you, man. Big, big time fight, big debut of Tyson Fury. Uh, quickly, tell me your thoughts uh, as you prepare for this one.
2: Yeah, I know at the beginning of the season, when we were talking podcast, you know, one of the first episodes of the uh, the new season of the podcast and the this FFL, we were talking about uh, fighters in the hands of certain fight camps and, and how scary that would be. And I know. In Ganu, in the hands of the nation or the corporation just was so scary to me. Same thing with Israel Adesanya in the hands of uh, the nation. Um, and, you know, for some bizarre reason, uh, Francis Nganu was on the trade block for um, Peanuts, essentially. So
1: yeah.
2: he, uh, he joins the nation and uh, now AJ has a hundred punch power fighter in his fight camp. And so we, yes, it is gross. That's exactly the right word for it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's an exciting debut for me. Uh, we're so humbled by the gypsy King and Tyson Fury and, um, how gracious he has been to us. Obviously we, um, we have uh, been attractive to him, uh, because of our success so far and exposure that we've given him and, um, the types of perks we've given him as a fighter uh, and so having that partnership with him and seeing him join the league and have his debut against um who a lot of people think is the baddest man on the planet francis and the predator um it's super exciting it's definitely a uh a big money fight um the numbers kind of speak for themselves in terms of the the contracts and i think we're going to see a fireworks fight this is not a fight that's going to be boring um, Tyson's not here for boring fights. I know Francis isn't here for boring fights. Um, and so I'm looking forward to seeing what Tyson Fury can do in the FFL. I think everybody is. So looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is one we just got to all sit back, relax, and enjoy. Not you or AJ, but the rest of us. <laughs> and uh, just soak in what we're about to witness. And, uh, you know, every minute of this fight. That uh, the fight continues is, as you said, going to be exciting. So uh, I'm just hoping uh, for a beautiful fight. And uh, I'm sure that's what we're going to get. Fury and Ganu, wow, big time. Uh, this next fight actually stirred up a little controversy. Uh, not sure why, because it was uh, announced on last week's podcast. I guess we have certain fight camps revealing the fact that they don't listen to the league podcast, which is fine. No and, and then I, and then I, no problem. And then I heard that uh, the black, <laughs> the black boxes uh, designating the fact that it's a championship fight uh, made it a little hard to see. So I could see that, you know, it doesn't have the background of the uh, the canvas. It kind of blurs into the background there. Whatever, no problem. But the, uh, the flyweight championship, we talked about it last week. Flash KO Stip, first time that's in use. And uh, Mighty Mouse versus Brandon Moreno. Moreno, you know, talked to the FFL Croatian Commission about uh, writing what he felt was a wrong from Dan Mergliata, And, uh, you know, we we determined that the stoppage was a little close. So Mighty Mouse is running it back against Brandon Moreno. This step uh, shows that, you know, the fight cannot be stopped early. We want to see somebody go out on their shield. Um, first time that we've seen this, uh, stipulation in effect, John, what are your thoughts, uh, about heading into a fight like this and, uh, trying to get your belt back against, uh, against mighty mouse.
2: Yeah. Uh, first of all, so excited to be part of the inaugural flash KO stipulation. Um, very, very exciting. Seems like such an obvious one for a lot of our fight styles. So it's really, really cool to see it. Uh, the first of its kind, and uh proud to be part of it um as far as the fight goes you know we've 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 been very open um about what transpired a couple of weeks ago uh with brandon moreno and mighty mouse and dan mergliata's decision um it, I, I don't even think i don't even know if you can call it a decision it's just so confusing that he stopped that fight um so but, confusing honestly. you know it is it is what it is um we spoke with, uh, the league, and it, it made a lot of sense um, to run it back. And look, Brandon's been very vocal. Brandon's not looking to um, be a crybaby and try and get his title back and run away. Uh, Brandon is a fighting champion, and Brandon will absolutely uh, give Mighty Mouse uh, a chance at uh, fighting him again for the trilogy. Um, should he win the title back? I've well, seen the Brandon, triology. Yeah, the trilogy. Um, I've seen Brandon's fight camps. I've seen um, the work that he's put in this year, the quality of fighters he's defeated. Uh, he's just on a different level for sure. And um, that doesn't mean that Mighty Mouse is not on his level. Uh, Mighty Mouse is the greatest flyweight of all time. He is a uh, an unbelievable ambassador of the sport, um, but Brandon feels like it's his time. And I tend to agree. And I think um, we're going to see at... Uh, bad blood, that uh, that is the case and that is the truth. So looking forward to Brandon getting that title back, putting some shine on it and uh, continuing to defend it.
1: I, uh, I'm very appreciative as I'm sure the rest of the league is of your breakdown there. Um, big time, big time flyweight fight. We do not have confirmation of who the ref will be. Uh, there is a chance it is Murgliata as he uh, has retained his job <laughs> wow. uh, with the FFL. So uh, wouldn't you that imagine? be something? Wouldn't that be something? Uh, so that's bad blood too. We ran it down. The only fights we didn't talk about were the Bullet Club, Savage Joe's grudge match fights uh, where we saw Oliveira defeat Gaethje, um as Savage Joe's lone win in that series. Uh, Prohaska and Cejudo get the victory for Bullet Club. Um which I found a little surprising, to be honest, not that Bullet Club won all three, but those would not have been the two that I predicted uh, victories for for Bullet Club with uh, Cejudo and Prohaska. I probably would have said Prohaska and Gaethje. Um, As we've seen, Savage Joe's have a lot of success with Marlon Marais, Uh, and he's yet to really have that success with Charles Oliveira. Uh, or Rakic, Rock, but uh, no, we see Bullet Club get the win with Cejudo, get the win with Prohaska. Sohuto, of course, uh, catapulted today into a number one contendership for the flyweight title, which just going to clear the air here. Uh, there was no bad booking of this rematch. Uh, sometimes there's some some rematches that aren't really deserved in real life in the UFC and they just run it back. Uh, no, this absolutely deserved uh, a rematch. Brandon Moreno was 5-0, and has more wins than, uh, than all the other flyweights combined, considering all the other flyweights' records combined is only one other win, uh, and that's TJ Dillashaw. So um, I know that Cejudo just got a victory. Uh, he is the only flyweight now not on a losing streak uh, outside of Mighty Mouse. Uh, it made perfect sense to run this fight back. Uh, controversy or not, just because of how Brandon Moreno got there and what the rest of the division looks like. Now, that being said, uh, we have upped the ante a little bit. Suhudo is going to fight Luis Smolka uh, for a number one contendership. Uh, that could be Christian's first opportunity at a title, should he get the victory there. Um, and then we're also going to see a little stipulation here. If, uh, if Mighty Mouse defends his title successfully, Brandon Moreno will never fight Mighty Mouse for the title again. So as long as Mighty Mouse has the title, you can eliminate Brandon Moreno as a challenger. Um, and we're also giving just to just to make sure there's no uh, there's no bad blood on the side of Mighty Mouse. If Mighty Mouse wins uh, against Brandon Moreno for a second time, uh, he's clearly showing that he is uh, who he says he is, which is one of the greatest flyweights of all time. So we will actually. Uh, have some creative control in order to retain him. We don't want him going to Bellator. We don't want him going to another uh, organization. So we're going to give Mighty Mouse creative control if he can go 2-0 against Brandon Moreno. Um, I'm still going to determine when he uh, defends his title. Uh, And it's not going to be at an unfair rate or anything. Um, He will just determine who and what the stipulation is. Um, And we'll do that kind of together there. But if Brandon Moreno wins... Uh, Brandon Moreno said he wants the trilogy fight to prove once and for all uh, who the better flyweight is. So they will be running it back a third time, uh, and this time it will be a double or nothing. Double or nothing, and we will see uh, Savage Joe's actually pick the stipulation. Um, you know, something that uh, Brandon Moreno threw out there as a challenge. So I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, Savage Joe's made some. Little bit disparaging comments earlier, but ultimately I think we got just a more hot main event. Uh, and then we added a number one contender fight to the Halloween Habit card. Very exciting stuff. Um man, the league is heating up. It is. It's absolutely on fire. News,
2: um a lot of a lot of engagement. Um having having fight camps in the booth again has been awesome for the fights. It just adds that extra bit of spice. And uh, the pod, man, the pod is, is exciting. We're uh, continuing to bring out content at a, at a rate that I think is really exciting. And we have some other uh, series that are on the horizon that I think a lot of people are going to get value out of and find
1: exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I am so looking forward to it. Uh, quickly here, I'm just going to run down the fights that are on the Halloween Habit card. Um, we don't really need commentary on them, but we're going to see Cody Garbrandt step back in the octagon against Marlon Moraes. Moraes getting a lot of action recently. Um, you know, I think this could be a last fight for a while, especially if it is a defeat uh, at the hands of Cody Garbrandt. What a fall from grace. That would be man. Marlon Moraes has been a part of some big, big moments in the league. Yeah, Some of the best um, of all time. He's, he's kind of fighting for his life. As is Cody Garbrandt. If Cody Garbrandt loses this fight, uh, it will be, uh, I think his record would be like 1-6 or something like that. He's got a victory over uh, just Sugar Sean O'Malley. So Cody Garber Marlon. tough Marlon Marais, very tough fight. Uh, somebody's got to win. Uh, Colby uh, Chaos Covington against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I'm looking forward to that matchup between Jeff and Juan. Uh, newly announced Gokan Saki against Anthony Robles Johnson. Was, stepping Gokan in. Saki, stepping in. It was going to be... Dominic Reyes, uh, we see a trade there. So Gokhan, uh, the kickboxer, going to be uh, making his debut for the Darst Knights. I think it could be a really good fight as well. We did see Jared Cannonier get the victory over Anderson Silva. Uh, Corporations' first fight against the Darst Knights. Uh, I thought that was a, a, an awesome fight, honestly. Such Corey a great San- fight. Yeah, such a great fight. Corey Sanhagen facing the winner of Sugar Sean O'Malley and TJ Dillashaw, mm-hmm. as we said earlier. Um the the dillashaw Sanhagen or Sean omalley Sanhagen fight, uh, it's going to be absolutely ridiculous. I think it could be fight of the night on this card. Uh, cannot wait to see who Sanhagen faces, uh, but big-time uh, kind of movement in the Bantamweight division there. Um, over to the other side again, we've got Jan Bohovic against Alexander Rakic. Uh, Bojovic, uh part of Modesto Nuts right now. One of Modesto Nuts' only undefeated fighters. He's 1-0. Uh, looking to go 2-0. and What a great story that would be for Juan to have a 2-0 and fighter in light heavyweight division. And you wouldn't be able to make an argument uh, that he is in the title picture, uh, once again, if you were able to defeat Alexander Rokic here. So a lot at stake for Modesto Nuts there. Rokic looking to not go 0-2, uh, losing to Prohaska and Bohovic back-to-back. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Jarzinho Rosenstreich. Uh, as long as Lesnar is not traded yet, uh, this will be the fight. If he is traded, we will see another heavyweight step in for team apex. I love this fight. Honestly. Uh, last time we saw Lesnar was at backyard brawl and, uh, he had over on the edge. Uh, it was so close to being over. Um, and you know, I think this could Such make for a really fight. fun fight. I think this could make for a really fun fight. The fiend stepping in, making his return, uh, and Halloween Havoc, no less, of course. Cannot wait for it. Uh, Wei Li, Zhang Wei Li, Magnum. Back in there. Back in there. Uh, we haven't seen her for a bit against Jessica Andraj. Love this matchup between these two ladies. Uh, you know Bullet Club is uh, wanting to get a big-time win here uh, to move Andrade, you know, to the forefront. I think a win over Zhang here could, again, catapult this fighter into title contention. Um, And Jang looking to get back on the winning side after taking a loss to uh, Yoana in her last performance. And then Cyborg Holly Holm. Jesus Christ, man. Wow. This fight, this fight, it's going to be fireworks. Last time we saw them was at Mirko Mania. We saw, uh, you know, Holly Holm get the first victory over Cyborg. Um, Cyborg previously undefeated on the season. Takes the L to Holly Holm. And one of the greatest redemption stories uh, as the pregnant Holly Holm gets a victory there. This is Holly Holm's first fight uh, since post pregnancy and uh, has a chance now to fight uh, Amanda Nunez if she's able to defeat Cyborg. And if Cyborg wins, we're going to see a rematch of that fight. Um, just a massive fight, John. Massive just fight.
2: Qu- quiet, quietly, Just it's just sitting out there. It's on. It's on the official media announcement. For Halloween Havoc it's just sitting there and it's such a massive fight and I think I think there's still some confusion about maybe where Holly Holm is uh Holly Holm came back home she is with the Wolf Pack. um she is back with uh, my fight camp and I'm super we're obviously overwhelmed to have her um, back with us, if you remember the Aspen Lad series and just the, all lad, the, series, the, the lad, lad series, the Lad series. She's back. She's back with the NWO Wolfpack, and yeah, against Cyborg, who took Amanda Nunez to the absolute precipice. I mean, I'm talking is the best Chris Cyborg I've ever seen. Um, yeah, and it just it, it just was. goes to show you how good Amanda Nunez is. But this is a Cyborg that is absolutely motivated to. Um, Put herself back in that pound for pound uh, best female fighters uh, list for sure
1: Um, it's going to be a barn burner for sure five rounds that fight five rounds
0: uh
1: and then the co-main event we saw uh, robbie lawler come out uh and extend that undefeated winning streak against tony ferguson uh it was a good fight i don't think it lived up to the hype um but nonetheless Big, big-time win for Robbie Lawler. Uh, and then we saw a lot of uh, a lot of humility shown by him in the post-fight interview. I definitely thought the call-out for Kamaru Usman was coming. And to be honest, John, I'm I think shocked. it would have been well-deserved. It would have been well-deserved. Well um, yeah. Former champ, undefeated, has always been doubted. I don't think anybody saw this fight and predicted. Uh, you know, I think we predicted a great fight um, between me and Frank, but I don't think there was a lot of people picking Robbie Lawler.
2: No. And, and just a uh, massive layoff for Lawler, you know, Yeah, and, uh, and it, for him and to come back and be in shape. I mean, how, how,
1: how is he, he in shape? Great. How is he looked, it possible he, that he, he looked in like shape? the prime Rob, Robbie Lawler? It, it, it did. It really did. Yeah. Um, but we saw some humility. He said he wants to fight around the division. Uh, not quite ready for the uh, main event fight yet. Uh, I know Ferguson has said that he wants this fight, this rematch immediately. Um, I'm not sure that that's going to come to fruition. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but again, another another big time fight there. And then the main event, uh, Jorge Gamebred Mazudal versus a mystery opponent, uh, is not going to remain a mystery very long. Unbelievable. But uh, let me uh, let me demystify it a little bit for you guys here. Uh, the mystery opponent is going to be determined uh, on the Mazdal Poirier fight at Bad Blood Two. If Masvidal loses this fight against Dustin Poirier, uh, I'm gonna demystify it for you some more. Jorge Gamebred Masvidal will be fighting uh, at welterweight at 170 pounds against one notorious Conor (laughs) McGregor at the main event of Halloween Havoc. Wow, unbelievable, the return. The return, McGregor's first fight back uh, since Night of losing Champions. Every, losing everything. Could be the main event of Halloween Havoc at 170 pounds, no less, against Game Bread Masvidal. Uh Massive fight that would be. And again, that's if Moswaddle loses to Dustin Poirier. If Game Bread is able to defeat Dustin Poirier at Bad Blood, whether it's you know Christian's oh only God. win on that card or his first win or one of several wins if Gamebred is able to defeat Dustin Poirier up a up a division right we're talking four star lightweight Gamebred yes against four and a half borderline five star lightweight Dustin Poirier honestly one of the best fighters in the game unbelievable if Masvidal is able to pull off that victory pull off that upset Masvidal will have a first in the ffl which is a call out uh a call out opportunity fight what that means is he's already booked the fight's booked as you can see there is the main event of halloween havoc who he's fighting uh will be up to him and he will have two options because of a win of that nature over poirier the fact that he's heading into this card undefeated uh albeit with a different team but we know where masvidal was headed there with that three and zero record Uh, He will be fighting uh, on the main event of the card either Kamaru Usman for the Welterweight Championship or (laughs) Max Holloway for the BMF title. Wow. One one of those three fights is the main event of Halloween Havoc. And honestly, I wish we could have all three. (laughs) All three are incredible. Uh, But we're not going to put Uh, Christian through what would be the toughest gauntlet of all time (laughs) having to fight Conor McGregor, Max Holloway, and uh, Kamaru Usman. But yeah, we're looking at one of those three. Again, a Masvidal loss versus Dustin Poirier, which would be, I also want to say this, a big-time win for Jeff. Uh, It would be huge for Team Apex to get that done. Uh, And that would result in Masvidal versus Conor McGregor at 170 pounds. If Masvidal wins he will choose to fight for either the BMF title, which will be at 155 pounds. So it'll be at the same uh, weight that he's fighting Poirier at. Uh, and he will be fighting Max Holloway for the BMF title. Or he will choose to move up in weight, you know, get that four and a half star all in the octagon uh, against one Kamaru Usman. And uh, what a fight that would be for the I'm welterweight championship it. in the FFL. So those are the three options for mystery opponent. It all determined, It's all determined based on the bad blood, Masvidal Poirier. Maybe that puts a little more shine on that fight. I think it was a little bit under the radar. Man, awesome what, card. Awesome couple announcement. of cards. Yeah, that is, uh, that is Halloween Havoc and bad blood too. Uh, I think we broke it down as best we could. Uh, for the time we had, I mean, obviously, we could spend three, four hours here talking about these fights, but uh, there's more to come. Obviously, we announced uh, the, the next two Grand Prix cards, which are going to be coming soon later this week. We announced uh, Double or Nothing, which has not been announced uh, as a date yet, but we know that that's happening with that big-time lightweight championship between Connor and Khabib. We're also going to see Amanda Nunez defend against either Cyborg or Holly Holm. Uh, we could potentially even see Mighty Mouse versus Brandon Moreno on that card, potentially. Uh, so double or nothing, shaping up to be another big one. Um, and I've got so much more in store for you guys. We keep trying to elevate each week, each card, each fight. And uh, we're going to continue to do so here at the FFL. Thank you guys uh, for sticking around with us. Big shout out one more time to Nation and Domination. Big shout out to our sponsor today, uh, Pal Kitty, and... Also, I have to shout out uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the NWO Wolfpack, always so engaged in the league, uh, always so great on commentary, always a great co-host here on our pod. And uh, I thank you, brother, for showing up once again. And uh, that's that's all, folks, as I say. Uh, more content coming soon. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show today.
2: Yeah, thanks for listening.